I V M. Hey everyone, welcome to Shunya One, episode one fifty-two. How are you doing, Amit? How's it going? I'm good, man. I'm good. How things been with you? Things are interesting. It's been a bunch of holidays here and now, but we've still been pushing the episodes out. Yes, we have. But it's the holiday season. This is that time of year. I, I saw a really interesting, a really funny tweet from somebody, which I don't buy. But uh, uh, October, November, December of the year feel like the Friday. I'm done for the year. You know, which yeah. is uh, if only we could be done for the if, year. I am not done for the year. I don't even feel. I feel like we have a long way to go for the year. But it does make stuff, uh, you know. Well, I would say interesting because uh, people do a bunch of new things in holidays, or at least look forward to new things. Especially the kind of folks we talk to, all the founders we talk to, they're all like everything is geared around holidays and spending and yeah, yeah. Impressive so, segue, impressive segue yeah. into like you know the fancy new card that we're going to be talking about, or exactly. is it a card or is it a fintech or how would you describe it? It is a card, I guess. They do actually it is a card. send you it's a, a physical it's, it's card. It's a card. Yes. It's a physical card. Yeah, but yeah. it's a fintech-based card. card, right? It's a tech-based card. But really interesting idea, right? Yeah. We're talking to Nitin Gupta, who's the founder and CEO of Uni. And funnily enough, Uni is like his, what, second or third startup? It was, he's, he's yeah, been, a number of them, right? He's been uh, a serial entrepreneur and a big guy in the fintech space for all of, for a long time. Uh, and we're continuing our uh, sort of fintech stalwart, uh, you know, uh, series, it seems. <laughs> so It's an unofficial series, but it's a good series that we've kind of, that we have here. Exactly. And it's the it's the never dying flavor of uh, Indian uh, startups, it seems. So I think it's only getting better. So yeah, very interesting conversation with, uh, with Nitin. And of course, a uh, lot of insight as to why he's building a credit card, you know, like, which is, you know, compared to all the other sort of fintech options that you might build. It's one of those sort of seems like it's a small size of the market, given that even regular credit cards are hardly in the in the country. But yeah, he has some very cool insights for us to share as to why it's it's a big enough uh, target to go after. It's a theme that keeps coming up, right? I think as we talk to more and more of these fintech founders, right? One of the themes that I see as common that comes up is that one of the great things about fintech is you don't have to be you don't have to be a market leader over there. Even if you become yeah. a sizable chunk of the market, it's still a meaningfully large business, which I think is something yeah. that we've heard from yeah. a number of founders so far. I think we'll see more of that. We'll hear more of that as we continue with the fintech series for as long as we do. Exactly. Perfect. So on that note, let's take a break, come back and uh, talk to Nitin. Hey, Nitin, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, very, very excited to be here. Hi, Amit. Hi, hi. Great to have you here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were obviously talking earlier. Uh, we're all, of course, in different, different cities, but... Uh, Good to see that you have become, uh, uh, you've fallen in love with Bangalore after having moved there a few yeah, years yeah. ago from the sound of it. I think I think the weather uh, makes you a fan. <laughs> <laughs> it, and, and in spite of that, in spite of like building your, uh, you know, uh, another fintech company, uh, you chose to do it in Bangalore instead of good old Bombay where things used to happen. Yeah, Bom- Bom- Bombay, you have traditional financial players. You don't have fintechs in Bombay. Fintechs are uh-huh. either there in uh, NCR or they are there in uh, Bangalore and more Bangalore than anywhere else. That is true. That is true. 
we've been fortunate to have our fair share of folks uh, come talk to us uh, and yes that's that's absolutely the truth but uh, nitin thank you uh, you know uh, for sharing uh, you know being here today and we obviously want to understand a little bit for everyone listening about your personal sort of journey as well part of some very very iconic i would say uh, uh, companies in india which defined what fintechs uh can aspire to be today so uh, why don't you give us a little background on you know your personal sort of entrepreneurship journey my entrepreneurial journey uh started in 2008 my first company was this couponing startup called khojguru uh it started <laughs> as a local search and i still remember the first 12 months we would have experimented with the eight or nine different ideas to find a product market fit the idea that worked it scaled quite well in second year of our business we did uh, more than a crore in revenues almost like 85% gross margin business so that was good nice then uh, i exited coach guru that was what my company was called took a break and then i started uh, payu uh, with naspers payu mm-hmm. india yeah that company uh, it was a payment gateway and i started that in 2011 and that company went from one milestone to the other uh, over a five yeah. year period i would say continues I, to do so <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> that's true we did bunch of things there Uh, we of course were uh, over that five year period we became the second largest payment gateway uh, just behind buildesk uh, we launched a checkout called payu money which then yeah. became uh, far more than that uh, it was uh, it was a play between merchants small merchants and customers uh, we launched a pos machine there uh, and towards yeah. the fag end in 2016 i was actually building a credit card with one of my co-founders now in uni and that card was imagined like the apple card uh, apple card mind you was launched huh. in 2018 so we were ahead of our time nice then, uh, then i exited pay you uh, that year i think we processed 6 billion dollars the year that i exited uh, and the company was uh, yeah the company was quite valuable uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you did well yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for no, saying that hey. <laughs> i would say i would say uh, you guys obviously inspired like i said a lot of other fintechs to even you know uh, come into fruition so uh, thanks thanks <laughs> for so. setting that up i think you you all also like did like uh, massive acquisitions right you all uh, uh, you know even grew yeah. inorganically uh, in 2016 we acquired a company called citrus we were right. times bigger than them three four times bigger than them and when that acquisition happened with that acquisition the new management citrus management took over payu and exited payu uh then i took a break for a long one year uh, actually that was the best one year if i look back uh, it was chill and it was a discovery of self journey Uh, no, you, you should, you should talk about that actually. Not too many people. I mean, I'm sure in our audience, not too many people have had a chance to take a break. Let me say that uh, this, uh, you know, qualified that way. But it's good to hear that it's possible to take a break. Uh, you know, uh, I think breaks are more of a mental barrier than anything else. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think most of us have this middle class upbringing, right? Where uh, you're very goal oriented. You have to be busy. And, yeah, goal oriented, busy. and at the same time uh, stability in income is seen as a proof of uh, goodness yes uh, like so and most people don't have uh, enough savings that they can afford long large breaks but once you break this mental barrier right you'll realize that it's not the savings that has been holding you back it's you yourself but taking a break without a plan is also dangerous uh, <laughs> 
first 3 yeah. 4 months are fun right you really don't do anything you just have a lot of fun but after that if you have been very busy in your past life you start thinking boss what next and you then yeah. start exploring ideas and if you don't zero in on your ideas soon enough then bad ideas also start to look really good <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good said yeah so so people who take a break because they want to start up you will Yeah. And they don't. They haven't found an idea six months later. They'll end up committing to a bad idea and then you know, yeah. start pursuing this other. For me, in that one year, uh, many things happened. I'll not go into those gory details. Uh, <laughs> uh, but what conclusion I drew from there was that the best measure of entrepreneurship is when a company operates at scale, when company operates profitably, and when a company can operate sustainably for almost forever. now when i built payu right it was a company at scale it was about to turn profitable also around that time i saw many companies go from massive multi billion private valuation to practically nothing i basically realized that sustainability is a very important piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. uh, there are companies you will see they will list and 25 years later they'll disappear blockbuster right many examples mm-hmm. but there are companies at the same time like unilever and png and idc who have been there for 100 years right and it's not that the business models have been same across those 100 years it's just that these companies have managed to keep evolving themselves to stay relevant in today's day and age and i realized that this is what true test of entrepreneurship is not just create a company which is massive not just create a company which is profitable but to create a company which can last well beyond the entrepreneur and i realized legacy, that yeah not legacy but sustainability Right? Evolution, right. legacy right. is something else. Evolution is something else. Evolution is the important word here. Right. And I realized that a great way to measure that is public markets, because right. in private markets things can remain hidden. Right. You may get overvalued. You may people may not know about you. But in public markets, right. it's out there. And therefore, I realized that whatever I have to do, an IPO. is a very key integral part of that journey so you're saying that being a uh, having your company listed in public markets keeps the business honest in some ways is that what you're trying to say here not the business honest no i mean like the honest from the entrepreneur honest correct but from no, i mean between the business and the entrepreneur i'm saying the entrepreneur knows what the business is worth if the business is not sustainable right you will see that signal return on the ball in big words your stock is 0 dollars and that's why i said test of entrepreneurship not really test of anything else i also well i was in payu right we went from payments to start building this credit card right we started this financial services journey i saw in india financial services such a beautiful business that even with a small customer base you can create a very very valuable business in fact in most financial services businesses if you are catering to the top 100 million indians a million customer base translates to roughly a billion in valuation and no network effects right means that even if you're not the number 1 or number 2 player which holds true for mm-hmm. most industries even as the number 3 or number 10 you can make profits and be valuable look at banks wow. right uh, yeah. no yeah. bank has more than 9 10% market share banks even in 1% market share are profitable and valuable yeah same for life insurance companies same for many others And so I decided next is financial services. The next thing that we should do has to be financial services. 
at that point of time i strongly believed that to build a large financial services business what matters is distribution product hmm. i felt is something that can be copied in 12 months it's a financial product it's basically easy to manufacture if you have the license and therefore can be copied in 12 that's the viewpoint hmm. i had way back in 2017 and that's why i started looking for meaningful advantages which can help build such a company now ola had this massive consumer base and massive driver right so it seemed like that in ola if you can leverage that distribution base you can transform that company from it had a captive wallet called ola money you could right. transform that business from a captive wallet to a very large financial services behemoth leveraging that distribution provided those products can be replicated yeah. that's how i became ceo of ola financial services and i think at ola we defined embedded finance for india and we showed in ways what embedded finance can mean mm-hmm. our first product was this insurance policy which was selling with every ride yeah we started selling 20 million policies a month a month right uh-huh. i think we became the world's largest micro insurer literally over like 3 or 4 months Wow! It's beautiful product, strong product market. Then we launched this product called Ola Money Postpaid, where you know users would either take put money in their wallet and take a ride. We said, why don't you take a ride and pay us back later? Pay us later. Yeah, I'm a long time customer of that. I love it. That gave us phenomenal loyalty. I still remember that once we gave a customer a line which was three x their average spend. the market share between uber and ola shifted in favor of ola drastically because people stopped thinking about payments as yeah. completely yeah we ramped it up to 2 million monthly active customers and a contribution margin 3 right was positive so we were making money as well we were not losing money we were, yeah. we were able to make money um, then i launched this credit card uh, with sbi it was a vertical black card visa logo for the first time ever was in the center uh both bank and mm. uh, and ola logo was on the back of the card uh very clean rewards you would get 1% rewards and it would come to ola money wallet daily right yeah uh that experience also taught me a lot uh what works what doesn't work what's good what's not good about this entire credit card industry but it also gave me some very deep insights into distribution i came to the conclusion that if you are selling a contextual product then distribution helps your mm-hmm. uh, distribution of ola helps right because contextually when i sold insurance or ola money postpaid they sold really well mm-hmm. but people are fundamentally coming to ola to take a ride so if i try mm-hmm. to sell them any other financial product like a credit card then i'm practically doing database marketing and once i understood this right i realized that distribution is not really the game changer the second thing that happened while i was there is that i realized that it's very naive to assume that financial products particularly credit card like products can be replicated by anybody else the financial portion of the product can be replicated but the tech product the entire depth that you can solve for there that's not easily replicated 
and when they had these realizations i felt you know what uh, the it will be as hard to build a ipoable company inside ola as it will be outside it simply because distribution mm. is is uh, database marketing right and then like a typical entrepreneur you ask this question you know then then why build it for somebody else why not build yes. it for yourself it's going to be as hard <laughs> so that's when i exited ola while ola financial services were was pursuing a large gamut of financial products i zeroed in on just credit cards opportunity credit cards and pay later cards and that's when i started uni uh, raising a 18 and a half million dollar seed round from lightspeed and excel and in this journey i have three i have two co-founders and three people in my leadership team so i'm very lucky that way uh, to be doing this so that's a very quick glimpse not too quick uh, we are 15 minutes down So, <laughs> so, so why no, no, credit cards? What what was it about uh, credit cards that got you that excited? The first thing is that it's a fairly attractive market. If you look at credit cards in India, there are about hundred billion in spends which happen on credit cards. Uh, the revenues are about seven billion plus, and the PBT actually the PAT is more than a billion dollars. In fact. If you look at the market cap attributable to the credit card industry in India, it's almost sixty billion dollars. So SBI card is a great example, right? Twelve million cards, twelve billion market cap, uh, and there's sixty million cards in the market. So a million card, a billion. If you go to that formula, right? It's sixty billion from there. But yeah. there's another way to do this math. HDFC Bank is a hundred ten billion dollar bank. Twenty five percent of its profits comes from uh, credit card business. So twenty-seven billion dollars for for HDFC Bank. So twelve plus twenty-seven, you're almost at thirty-nine, right? And then you can keep adding the rest. This is profits. So sixty billion dollar market cap, you don't find often. Hmm. And then you look at the underlying macro. There are about hundred and fifty million people today who would shop online. There are about hundred ninety million people who have taken a loan in the past from bureau. So they have a presence on bureau, performance on bureau. So you say, boss, why is it that there are only sixty million cards and thirty-five million Indians holding the sixty million cards? What could this number be in five years, given these macros? Yeah. Our consensus that forms, right, is that there should be about hundred million Indians holding a credit card product yeah. in five years' time, and the number of cards in turn will be like more closer to two hundred million, and therefore the market cap attributable to these two hundred million cards will be about one fifty two hundred billion dollars. So it's, it's so, just the statistics say that it yeah. it has to happen. Yeah, and hundred billion dollar incremental market cap will get created in the next five, six, seven years. Hmm. And there's a lot of opportunity in that. <clears throat> really interesting. So, I mean, and this is the opportunity. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Nitin. This is you know, credit cards has been a hotly contested or at least debated, I would say, financial product in India, right? It's forever. It's been there forever, but it's the catchment area of people using it has been in the same size. This twenty to I think you mentioned thirty-five million now. Well, this so, was twenty million five six years ago. So it's growing. It's growing yeah. pretty steadily, and it will continue to grow. Yeah, yeah. But everything else like has grown in other leaps and bounds, right? Let's say the addressable market for every other product has sort of grown. Uh, the let's say the geo effect or whatever else has sort yeah. of catapulted all of that, right? So the same effect is flowing down here. 
wo you heard of that right roti kapda makan right when you are a uh, 2000 per capita gdp per capita yeah. income gdp country right your yeah. consumption is only that much but once you cross you know a 7 8000 dollar number your consumption suddenly explodes Hmm. Now in India, while the average may be low, the number of people operating in the seven eight thousand dollar is continuously increasing. Hmm. And when you have this continuously increasing number, right, their need for more products and services go up. They're now looking beyond roti kapla makka. Financial basket of goods, whether it's wealth goods, insurance goods, credit cards, right, they start getting consumed more. as the number of people in this basket increase in india the addressable opportunity the number of people who would consume these kind of goods was 30 to 40 million 5 6 years ago that mm-hmm. has increased to almost like 150 million now and so a corresponding effect of that is that everything is growing and therefore credit card is also poised to grow so is life insurance and so is wealth but credit card is poised to grow and that's why this trend you can ride now and this trend right, right will be there even 5 years from now because the market will again have an opportunity to triple so the next decade right. is super exciting for india as long as india can grow at 70% gdp yeah you're talking about 10% of the population right now who is in that category that you're talking about right and you're right as the economy develops and more and more people kind of start getting higher income you'll see that so i, w- I want to uh, ask you a question about something you mentioned a little earlier right you said that once people get to 78000 in terms of average incomes at that point in time the spending explodes do you mean by that do you mean the uh, that uh, like 7000 is three and a half times 2000 do you mean like that way explode or do you mean that people start availing of credit in more aggressive ways no, what i mean is that See, there is a cost of food, but the cost of food is similarly is very similar across levels. When you have two thousand dollars, you have only enough money to afford food, basic fuel, basic housing, yeah. basic clothing. But when that money goes up, you now have disposable income to do more, and that disposable income defines your consumption basket. Hmm. A credit card is useless if you don't have a consumption basket. What will you pay for with it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean the the whole you know right? very significant population above it is sorry yeah and the whole uh, you know consumption economy as as the 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 word I've also heard is it starts after that disc you know you start discretionary spends after that yeah. threshold what you're talking about is discretionary spending right you yeah. after your roti kapda makan is taken care of you spend on yeah. things uh, yeah. but the correlation so I think we're making behavior. yeah. When you see yeah. people buying online, that's discretionary buying. It's a great yeah. indicator of the size of the population with discretionary spending power. And and I think what you're saying also is, and or rather we are seeing is that with discretionary spending power, people also choose to avail these credit products more because they yeah, yeah. have sort of right? trust I, in I'll the credit cycles and yeah. I'll yeah. buy wealth products. I'll buy uh, clothes online. I'll do this. I will consume food. Yeah. Now to do this, I need payment products. Earlier, I was consuming from bank account, but now I qualify for a credit card. It seems like a smarter product. I use a credit card and so on and so forth. Correct, correct, correct. No, uh, Nitin. I mean, obviously, there's so much to unpack here. I want to, uh, you know, take a quick break. Come back and talk more about exactly what uh, the uni product is, of course. All right, let's let's do that. Hey. 
Hey, welcome back, everyone. Uh, Nitin, uh, you know, you've shared a roadmap so far of, you know, uh, not just you yourself personally, but also what the market has been in India for financial products and how they've grown. And with the specific, uh, you know, discussion we were just having around credit cards and why they are poised to sort of grow massively along with probably various other services in the financial market. But uh, what I want to know is obviously exactly when, you know, you've launched Uni, uh, you are, uh, you know, I think you guys were still in stealth for a long time before actually coming out. Uh, the product is out now. Uh, I'm one of the many people on the wait list. Uh, <laughs> but where, what is the product that, uh, you know, few people have seen and used and how do you intend to sort of stand apart from the rest of the credit card gang, like which is obviously banks and a few other maybe fintechs as well? So one of our core thesis is that whenever a market becomes large in size, several sub-segments emerge with different needs. Look at the smartphone market, for example, right? Uh, a decade ago, there were literally four smartphone launches in India. Today, you have people with varying needs, right? Somebody is indifferent to a price. Somebody is very sensitive, wants a 5, 10, 15,000 rupee phone. Somebody wants a bigger screen. Somebody wants a better... Uh, better processor to play games. Somebody wants a mm. fingerprint or an iris scanner. Somebody wants a better battery, right? People have different needs. And therefore, manufacturers will make different, different, different products catering to those different needs. Right. Same is true for credit card or credit-led payments industry too. Mm. Credit card is a very reward-oriented product, right? It gives you 30-day of credit and gives you rewards. Yeah. Whereas it does not necessarily fill the need of every kind of customer segment. And we found a customer segment with very different kind of a need, which we think we could have fulfilled better. So the insight actually started from a very simple observation. We saw that most Indian households in one or two months out of a year will go through a short-term liquidity issue. In a particular month, their expenses will be 40, 50,000 rupees more than the income in that month. And the reason could be anything. They were shifting a house, medical emergency, paid school fees, took a holiday, uh, went somewhere, or it can be income related. I lost my job. I changed my job. My full and final did not come. My sales bonus did not come. Mm. And people deal with this 40, 50,000 rupees in different ways. Nobody wants to take a personal loan for it for two years. Right? They, don't, they, they, they know this is a three-month, max four-month problem. So they will first dip into their savings. If they have a fixed deposit, they'll break the fixed deposit. If they have a credit card, they'll revolve on the credit card. Or they will borrow from friends or family. In fact, you in your own experience would have seen people where you have lent money or otherwise. Now for these folks, we have launched this product, which we call as a pay one-third card. By default, mm. all your transactions are split into three parts, paid over three months at zero additional cost. And since it's a visa card, so it works everywhere a visa is, is accepted. We have basically combined a buy now, pay later line, which does pay one third with a mm -hmm. visa card. Nice. And if you can pay back at end of first month, like, you know, you club all the three and you pay back end of first month. As if like, it were a regular visa only card. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a regular credit card, for example. Then we give yeah. you 1% rewards or cashback, customer's choice. So what we basically nice. said to the customer, if you have funds, pay, keep paying us back, keep getting a 1% reward. But if you're ever in a problem, trade off this 1% for paying over things. Very nice. 
we married yeah. this with instant onboarding so you get a digital card literally in 4 minutes and your physical card arrives in 3 or 4 days we married this with contextual transparency we realized that customers want to know at that point right what fees what late fees what interest charges what may apply so they should know the quantum upfront when they're taking that decision mm. of how much to mm. pay what to pay what not to pay the contextual mm. transparency uh, a beautiful onboarding experience i don't know if you've seen our kit unboxing uh, social media is quite seen. Uh, filled with it yeah yeah uh, and uh, we had a instant product market fit customers are just loving the product they're like wow Uh, so so that you know, tell, it, going into the you know a lot of these things which you are mentioning probably the the economics of it obviously work right I mean going back to your sustainable company thesis yeah. I'm guessing the economics obviously of this still work so you can do uh, buy now pay later across three months at zero percent interest so to speak I'll and tell get, you intuitively why uh, this yeah. works yeah imagine your credit score. is 800 and now you are facing this liquidity issue hmm. yeah when you are facing this liquidity issue you will revolve on your credit card you can get a personal hmm. loan with 800 score at 12% any bank will give you but when you are revolving on your credit card you will pay 40% actually now 42% plus gst so you are yeah. paying 50% interest rate or 4 and a half percent 4% plus interest rate every month in spite of having 800 plus credit score Now is that fair? That's hmm. not. What we are saying that there needs to be risk-based pricing for customers. To a great risk customer, you can offer them superior products. This product is like that. It not hmm. every credit card customer can get our pay one third card. the best risk customers whether they are credit card holders or they are not credit card holders does not matter as i said 190 million indians have a credit score but if they are superior on risk if they hmm. are pristine on risk they will get our card that's the hmm. simple rule and so we the losses on this business in spite of being a lending business we don't expect hmm. that and that makes hmm. economics work So what what's the customer profile for this right for the one third pay customer right you mentioned that it's available only to people with an 800 plus credit score right but no, I'm, I, I, I'm I'm trying to think example yeah no I'm just I'm just trying to think about like you know what is the uh, if you're saying like you know people go into debt 50 60000 rupees or something like that so then I'm guessing that the income that you're looking at is like maybe a lakh and a half two lakhs a month something like that I mean no, is no. that what you, how do how do you profile your customers is my question so what we are doing is that we are giving this product to a superior risk customer right income does not matter risk matters and what i am saying is that in general when people are in a pinch the amount what they are in for a pinch is 30 to 50000 rupees now i may be earning 20000 i may be in pinch for 30000 i may be earning 1 lakh right but my expenses that month were 1 and a half lakhs So the amount for which you are a pinch is thirty to fifty thousand rupees. If you are in a pinch for yeah, if you are in a pinch for two lakhs, you will take a personal loan. But if you are in a pinch for thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand rupees, find short-term solutions. Most of the time, just for the hassle, just to avoid the hassle. Like you are someone who can afford that forty-two percent, probably. 
you know, in, in their head. But it's an unnecessary amount you are going to pay just because of that. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's I think that's absolutely true. Based Depends on the kind of audience. Again, uh, I can reference back to, you know, being a founder and uh, revolving on credit because that was well one of the easiest uh, well yeah. credit lines yeah. available to a yeah. to a yeah, early I founder. I know what you so, mean. So 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 and people do that just because they think that okay you know what whatever I'm paying now the time value of money of my startup is way more <laughs> so I'll make it up and so on and so forth. I'm sure there's some self justification that people do, uh, but you know just to pinpoint on then. The you're saying the risks are safer for you. You've so you've let's say entry bar you've made the you know the entry barrier fairly solid. So your risks are your downside is somewhat protected. Uh, but what about the upside? How do you make money then when uh, you so, in a way you're making sure people can not uh, revolve credit, right? Yeah, like no, not really three bad. months ke baad only they can really revolve credit. Not really. So what happens is that there's some transition that people convert into longer tenure EMIs. Uh-huh. Uh, BNPL networks are now easily available from the likes of Pine Labs, etc. Right? I can get yeah. a 0% EMI on my Samsung credit. So, so these are sources of your income. I see. So yeah. you further channel the actual credit uh, through some other network. So you're not the credit provider, is it? I'm not the credit provider because I have lending partners. But more fundamentally, okay. I'm saying that there are more income sources. Income okay. sources like I made a spend for 80,000. Now three months doesn't suffice for me. I need to convert mm. this into a 12-month EMI. That's right. one example. Or I am going to buy the Samsung fridge and Chroma. I need a 12-month EMI. Now that 12-month mm. EMI is available at zero cost because Samsung is submitting it. So that income is available. And so and so mm. that mm. becomes a very meaningful mm. source of it. Okay, so obviously then you are so then you have your sort of OEM partnerships, you have yeah. your other BNPL channel partnerships yeah. and so on and, and so forth. On the card, right? You get paid an interchange. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's standard. The card that's standard. income. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So no so from a consumer point of view, the consumer is never really paying. Their consumer is still just using your service. And yeah. if at all they are using a channel service or, you know, extending credit beyond the three months which you already provide uh, or doing, you know, more further uh, splits, that's when they pay, just like they would pay yeah. directly to any of those other that's correct. partners. That's correct. So so what what can you build on top of this? I mean, this is obviously a great sort of, in, I mean, I, I love the fact that the premise is simple. Yeah. Right? It's one third. It's not half. It's not six months. It's one third. It is what it is. Seems like most of your customers. Yeah. This is a highly engaged customer, right? High credit score, usually uh, affluent. Uh, they trust you. Uh, you have their payment source. Cross sell anything. Once you have a million card base, I think opportunity is meaningfully unlocked. Somewhere, this customer is even more pristine than a typical credit card customer. Hmm. Since I'm not letting every credit card customer get pay one third, only a part of it, actually only 50% customers qualify. So this customer, this product is much harder to get than right. any credit card out there. 
do you see anyone who doesn't have a credit card also be your customer though because even yeah. that's like a target population right which yeah. so you have to, you have to go differentiation up. or our discrimination is basis risk that you have demonstrated on the bureau not hmm. anything else and that could be so, through a home loan i have had forever and car loan home you know, loan whatever reason personal loan whatever right could be anything right Right, not necessarily a credit card. So now, uh, you know, uh, Nitit, you obviously you found the product market fit to launch. Uh, you guys have obviously launched; it's it's doing great. Where where is the directionally like where? How do you now get to your let's say the five year plan? Right, amongst the how much of the market share are you going after with this product or let's say uh, other stuff in the pipeline? And if you can talk a little bit about what's coming down the pipe in so the next well, let's say eighteen months. Yeah, in twelve months we should be about a million cards strong. So I like to comment only on short-term goals. Uh, mm-hmm. Vision is to the vision is quite large. Vision is that for this industry, the entire credit card industry, you raise the bar. Mm-hmm. When Amazon and Flipkart happened, they raised the bar for entire e-commerce. Mm-hmm. When Zomato and Swiggy happened, they raised the bar for entire delivery. We mm-hmm. want to raise the bar for entire credit card industry. irrespective of what market share we end up with but 5 years from now the banks should offer such a superior product to the customer than what they are offering today that the entire quality of industry is meaningfully gone up that's what we did with mm. payment gateway industry right in 5 years time we changed everybody's game yeah so as a startup right uh, we know in 12 months we'll get a million customers in 5 years time we'll be large enough to do an ipo but whatever we may do at bare minimum we will transform the credit card industry so that each and every consumer who has a credit card today or in the next 5 years feels that they have a significantly superior product than what they mm-hmm. had back in 2021 so what 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 are some of those vectors which you think that are there for improvement like what's the low hanging fruit you see in front of you right that are I think, the, the i think not enough payment use cases are done well first of all you mm-hmm. look at a customer like yourself you are doing spends from a bank account like upi like rent payments you are, like school fee payments you are using simple lazy pay ola money postpaid for certain places you are using uh, bajaj finance or zest money for deals at certain places you're of course using credit card for certain places uh, your family members are using cash at certain places their own debit card at certain places their different bank account at certain places when you're traveling abroad uh, you are using cash at certain places right all these use cases can be solved for under a single umbrella hmm is there not today yeah the second thing that hmm. we meaningfully change is just transparency the fact that gst is different when a charge is applied the fact that my reward point value keeps on changing the fact that a annual fee can come into my bill at any point of time and i have to keep a eye out of what has come in my bill right i don't expect these things yeah. from uber or from amazon but i yeah. but i'm but i'm very conscious about that these things may happen with my credit card right so yeah. i build an entire company to protect customers around this so this should yeah. fundamentally go away yeah the third thing that can happen is that the experiences can be truly magical I mean, each of us have had reward points, and I have redeemed those reward points. Mm. And it's nowhere as intuitive as it should be. 
Oh my God, <laughs> intuitive. I spent like, uh, I have, uh, so I pay for a lot of our services and I have an ICICI card. Oh my God, it took so long to get through. And Citibank, I haven't even been able to get through yet. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, it's just, it took hours. Not I mean, like, think like, about this. Grid had to build a company so that you could repay the bill easily. Yeah. yeah. Repaying a credit card bill is not easy. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean imagine that. Uh, yeah. So, so experiences can be meaningfully better. Imagine the kind of rich history they have, the kind of insights they can present to you on your spends, and make you better at spending. And so, all these are opportunities. And I just mm-hmm. want five years from now, uh, you know, all banks raise their game to that level, uh, which I just described. We will lead the mm-hmm. way. We will show the way. But I want everybody to raise their game. That should happen. Yeah, actually, spend analysis seems like the lowest of low-hanging kind of things that some of these Everything banks should apply. That just seems so happen. simple that they can do. You spend so much on food, so much on entertainment, so much on services, so much on this. Just, no. I mean, like that seems like the banks easiest thing can't. in the world to do. Yeah, no, well, for can. a bank, that's they a will. nightmare. They can and they will. I have seen, when I build payment gateways, right, I've seen them transform themselves over a five-year period and build wonderful things up. They, they sometimes need inspiration. They sometimes mm. need the right technology partners. We will provide the inspiration. Industry will provide the technology partners and magic will happen. I am a believer. I, I believe that banks in India particularly uh, can create magic, but they just need some inspiration and the right technology partners. Yeah, that's true. And well, focus on, focus on one problem at a time and solve it deeply rather than just copy the latest product in 12 months and that to a bad copy of it. <laughs> that's, that's one thing which banks are good at. But awesome. This was, this was uh, I mean, inspirational for sure. And I fir- firmly believe, yes, credit cards as a, you know, people have, there, there's also another school of thought around saying that this whole BNPL and these other things will or supersede sort of credit cards per se, right? The, the physical card or the visa yeah, network. It all coexist. Everybody yeah, necessarily to, uh, may or may not be there, but I, I definitely, what you described is net five years from now, it's better for all of us. That's, that's for sure. Uh, Nitin, can I make a feature request from you at like, you know, as you're looking at this out, when, when somebody calls for support, please don't make me spend five minutes listening to the balance of what I owe for the credit card. Please <laughs> just give me a menu that I can get to immediately. So in, <laughs> case, of the, uni, in case of uni, our uh, support works on WhatsApp. So like you search for a friend's name on WhatsApp, uh, you would just search for Yoni. You will possibly yeah. have a message from us reminding you about or giving, sharing a statement. And you just start typing there what your problem is and it will get solved. So our interface, primary interface for support is WhatsApp. And WhatsApp, you can just search for us. Just go to WhatsApp, search Yoni and start yeah. talking. Yeah, no, that that's awesome because you don't put you don't keep us on hold, right? I mean, like, so I was in the U.S. last month, and again, I don't mean to turn this into a complaint session, right? I was in the U.S. <laughs> last month. My card kept getting blocked because of international transactions. Couldn't fill fuel, so I'm trying to call the bank, and they put me. It takes me 25 minutes to get to a person, and right? Our and so support is 24/7, so it doesn't matter what time zone, what hour. It's the same for us. How it should be? It's and yeah. And I'm saying this is what will also happen for banks in, in the next five years. I'm pretty sure of that. 
You're, you're <laughs> really setting expectations very high from banks, I must say, Nitin. I mean, no one has come, no other tech founder has come on this show, especially fintech ones. And while they've praised the government uh, for making UPI, they've, you know, praised banks for being early adopters and whatnot, but they've not had so many expectations from them, uh, which is truly what you say. Up, right? They may not be able to catch yeah. it in 12 months, but given long enough, they will catch it. We always no, I, overestimate what we can do in short term and underestimate what can be achieved in long term. Very true. Awesome. And, you know, on, on that note, uh, Nitin, uh, you obviously are, uh, you know, building an awesome company. Do you want to do a shout out to folks who are interested in getting in touch with you, uh, whether they are, uh, whether you're hiring, whether, you know, how, where's the best place to reach you personally, Twitter or LinkedIn or anything yeah, you can any, share? Anywhere, anywhere is good, Twitter or LinkedIn, or just drop me a mail at nitin at uni.com. Oh, awesome. Uh, I'll just also remind everybody quickly that, you know, we'd really appreciate reviews and uh, ratings and things like that on the various podcast platforms that you're listening to. Please do uh, go ahead and do that for us. That really does be, it's very helpful to us. Thank you. Yes. And Nitin, I mean, thank you so much for this. This was a great chat. And of course, uh, we will look forward to uh, the next 12 months of uni and the five years of the industry uh, for sure. Sounds good. Speak soon again. Bye-bye.